0: Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today for Thursday, the 20th of October. Mayor John Tory joined the show, and we were able to hit him with a lot of questions. Um, I tried to keep those questions short. He kept his answers precise, and we got into a lot. You need to sit down for probably an hour to go into all the issues facing the city of Toronto right now, but we did the best we could in the time we had. I want you to have a listen to it. It aired earlier on Toronto Today. John, thank you very much for making the time for us. We appreciate it. Our audience does as well. Pleasure. My staff has wagered uh, that I can't get six questions in, and I think they they blame me more than you. I know you used to do this, so I'll try and go quickly and. and I keep... want you to win the bet, so I'll try and keep my answer short. <laughs> well, no, I think you want them to, because I would be buying them lunch downtown, and I know you want more money uh, I do, spent I in do. the four one six. and I want
1: them to win the bet, so I'll give very long answers. Oh my gosh! Get six questions in.
0: I made a big mistake. Okay. Go ahead. We've already burned time for one question. You sure have. <laughs> do you see? Do you see any mathematical way you don't win this election? I you know what I never take anything for granted I've been out knocking literally
1: on thousands of doors I've been out every day being very active and I guess the voters get to decide uh, what happens uh, on Monday
0: tell me something another candidates criticized you for and it's fair and you can take one of their concepts almost for the team what's a concept or idea you like from another mayoral candidate and apply as of Tuesday if and when you win
1: Well, I'll just say some of the fair criticism, and I'm not sure it's properly directed at me, but I've been the mayor and I'm seeking re-election, is that there's some things in the city that, uh, you know, I've been frustrated with as well. I spoke as early as April about the fact I was frustrated at some of the smaller things that, you know, in terms of the the fountains not working on time and, uh, you know, this kind of thing, the garbage cans overflowing. And I took some action at that time to say, look, these garbage cans are the subject of a long-term contract actually signed when David Miller was the mayor, and they're not working, they're not good. And the contract needs to be reviewed, so the lawyers are looking at it. Uh, similarly, I've given direction that I want things to be done better when it comes to things like the fountains. Um, I just can't, I can't be accepting of what happened this year. I think it's a post-pandemic thing in some respects, so that's a, a, where the criticism I think has been fair of the administration, and we're going to do
0: better. It brings up the budget, and I know that y- you'd like to be dealing with better circumstances. We all would. Um, but w- some people will look and say, I think my services are going to be affected based on the lack of, of budget. I, the people are worried about potholes, they're worried about what they're worried about water fountains. They are worried about those absolute basics that, that are strictly at the municipal level and not at any other level of government.
1: Well, the entire objective of the budget process, which will be difficult this year, Mm -hmm. because it's added to by what I call the COVID hangover, for example, in that the transit ridership is only at about 70% of normal, and that leaves us with a shortfall just by itself of, of $300 million plus. So it's going to be a tough process. But having said that, the whole objective of the process is to protect frontline services and to make sure that we don't make an affordability crisis in the city worse by bringing in a big tax increase. I'm pledged not to do that. And I get tons of criticism, including in today's newspaper, of the fact I won't increase taxes more. Well, I won't increase taxes more because I just think people can't bear it right now. And the, the then the challenge becomes, and that's why I think experienced leadership is needed, uh, to see the budget through without uh, cutting front services and without bringing in a big tax increase which people can't afford.
0: John Torrey is our guest on 640 Toronto. I asked um, uh, former Mayor Miller about a congestion charge, and he's quite an environmentalist, and he even said, not right now. It wouldn't fit people's budgets right now. It's not the right time. So even if you and him differ on that, and I wonder if you do, is there an element of that? We've talked about toll roads before. I know you travel and see many North American cities that have successfully, you you go right into New York State, and instantly you're on a toll road. Um, Is a congestion charge or a toll road something that could be in Toronto's future?
1: Well, I mean, I you know, I was person who brought it in front of city council got it approved the uh, toll roads on the gardener in the parkway a very modest toll to help uh, us pay for those roads because as people may not know we own those roads not the province and we pay for all the upkeep and half the ridership is from some half the people who use them are not paying taxes in toronto but you know the province was the one after we got it approved at city council that said no to that so i just have to decide as the leader of the council whether i bring want to bring that forward again and have them reject it again because i that to me would be a waste of time uh, i just think it was a logical thing to bring forward in respect of both congestion uh, fairness and the environment and the province said no uh, so um, you know I just think these are things where it could raise some money for us yes but also could achieve some other purposes but uh, I'm not optimistic as to what the response would be uh, any different from the last time.
0: Is there an international city uh, where it, it, you look and say it works and there's at least a, a model uh, a, a sort of formula that that Toronto could adopt at least some principles of?
1: Well, I mean, if, you, if if one was looking for a model for a, for a congestion charge, which for the same reason at the moment, I'm not really, mm-hmm. cause I just don't think it would be approved. I mean, London's has worked well in the sense that it has, you know, managed some tra- managed the traffic but it, and has also raised some money for transit, uh, which they use it for. But I, I'm not spending any time on that at the moment. I'm focused on housing in particular. I'm focused on the city's finances. I wish there was some alternate source of revenue like that beyond just property taxes that would help us as a city, because as is evidenced by, there's, An editorial in the Globe and Mail today saying, "Look, this is the biggest city in the country. This is bigger than most of the provinces of Canada, and we are left with one tool, which is property taxes, which are not the best one, uh, to try and finance uh, serving all the people we have to serve. Many of whom, by the way, are coming from around the region to get social services here because it's a big city and they just think they're more likely to be supported. And it's just not fair. It's not modern in the context of it being 2022 and not 1867. And I think we've got to come to grips with it. But that'll be after the election and." I just think that I'm probably best positioned to have that conversation, too, with the feds and with the province, because it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to have this regime from 1867 that starves this city of the finances that it needs to look after things that the other governments have basically assigned us to look after.
0: This is a very difficult city to drive in, but I'm I'm not naive and think it's never going to be an easy city to drive in. There's no, you know, you go to New York City when you're 14 years old and you're like, wow, I wouldn't want to drive here when I drive. But I did it yesterday. It's my thought that it won't improve much over your potential next four years. There's short term pain for long term gain. There's a lot of construction projects. There's a lot of transit projects even north of the city when you go 401 to Yorkdale. It's it's busy Saturday at two o'clock. Would you say it's not going to get much better during my next four years? But the goal is to leave a legacy where it, it improves substantially going into the next several.
1: Well, we would not be building $28 billion worth of transit if we didn't hope that that will make it possible for more people to take transit and fewer people to use their cars. And so I think the answer is it's going to continue to be challenging only because we are constructing the transit and that in and of itself, as we know, is disruptive. Uh, we are continuing to have a ton. And again, there's an article in today's paper saying we're once again the crane capital of North America in terms of all the construction that's going on here. Uh, and that's a good sign in its own way because it means people are confident in Toronto and that Toronto is a very successful city. But I just think that- it's going to make for challenging circumstances and when you mention other cities you know think about the great cities that people have visited that are listening New York, London I mean Mumbai I've been in uh, you know Tokyo they're very busy cities in terms of traffic and people try and think of ways not to drive their car whereas I think in Toronto we're still of the mindset that when you want to go to the Raptors game you know last night Mm -hmm. uh, you drive your car like I, I can't even imagine why anybody would drive their car to the Scotiabank Arena downtown Toronto when the transit it stops right at the door. You know, so so I just think we're going to have to rethink some of that. But I think the traffic will be challenging because it's a very successful city and because there's a lot of construction and because people aren't back on the transit yet in full bore because of the pandemic after effects.
0: There's been a real pivot, John, away from work, from home, obviously. I, I'm seeing it in our building right here. When did the city make its pivot in a way and say, we do need people back in the office? We not only want it, we not only need it. You and I have talked about this before, um, you know, ter- secondary and tertiary businesses around office buildings need it. Um, when when did it sort of go from, well, yeah, stay home, be safe, to we need we need people back and we need them now?
1: Well, it happened kind of in both January and in the spring of this year. Uh, and let's remember, in the case of Toronto's workforce, uh, 80% of them never stopped coming to work because they're people who pick up the solid waste and who are firefighters and who are you know people like that uh, working in parks. I mean, they never stopped coming to work. So in that sense, we didn't have the same challenges as a lot of places that are kind of entirely office-based. It's still a challenge. I have a meeting of this group of 16 people that I uh, asked as volunteers to come and help me get through that issue so that we could get people back. To work and they're meeting at 8 o'clock right after we finish. And mm-hmm. so, in that sense, I'm still sort of trying to. And you know what I'm finding, Greg, to be honest, is mm-hmm. a lot of employers have tried to get people back and they're having a little bit of success, but not as much as we need to get the downtown healthy again. And one of the things they're very focused on is making the office a more attractive place to come. What does that mean? Well, they're changing their offices around quite a bit. I've, I've been to see them, uh, they're offering lunches and parties, and you know, they're just trying to make it an attractive place to be. But I think it's going to be a slower process than we had hoped. Uh, you know, but it's a very important process that I should remind people of that the more people can start to come back to their place of work, the more the, the downtown businesses that really suffered, the more of their own transit system, which is, you know, bleeding some money because people aren't riding it the same way. And we're just going to have to keep working at this with business and, and, our, and, and on
0: our own. I know a few weeks ago um, you made the acknowledgement that um, some videos produced by the city for encouraging COVID-19 vaccination for kids, your quote was they missed the mark. Uh, many of our listeners, and this is just just the you know taking yep. reading the tea leaves, um, they were they've they just absolutely found them almost in poor taste. How'd they happen? I don't
1: know, but I mean, I think people will understand that as mayor, well, you know, I, I don't approve every video, I don't approve every, uh, you know, ad, there's, I mean, there's just a million things going on in City Hall every single day, and I'm one person, and I can't possibly, even my staff can't possibly look at all these things. Those were not put in front of me or my staff in advance, um, and I just think these things happen, and, uh, you know, from time to time where people either make a judgment or, you know, miss the memo, as it were, like they, somebody said, please look at these, and nobody had time or whatever, so the bottom line is we caught them them early on, took them out of circulation. And that's the main thing, because I just don't want it as well to, um, you know, to uh, negatively affect the vaccination effort, which continues to be very important if we want to avoid, you know, any kind of backsliding on what was a really excellent record the city had uh, on COVID overall, like Mm -hmm. this city did as well as any city in the world uh, in things like vaccination and, uh, and, and all of that. And I'm proud of that. I was the leader of that team. It was a big team effort. So I don't know. These things just do happen. I think any big organization, a lot of listeners again will know in a big company stuff happens and everybody looks at each other and says how did that get by everybody and it just did
0: it's only in the hundreds of um in terms of numbers of employees who um who didn't report vaccination status or get a covid 19 vaccine is there anything to resolve? Is there anything that, that goes forward here to either resolve something with them, encourage vaccination, bring them back unvaccinated? Are there still people who've had their city of Toronto employee employment terminated that need to be resolved?
1: Yeah. Well, there are people and there are some grievances that have been filed by the unions involved. And those grievances are going to take their course in terms of having a hearing. Uh, and so far, I think, you know, what the city, the city's policy has been found uh, to have been uh, warranted, uh, some of the consequences of it are still in front of uh, arbitrators and so on. But I'll just say to you that for the moment, um, you know, nothing has changed in that regard and that the city had a mandate, as you pointed out, I think literally 99 point something percent mm-hmm. of the city's employees got vaccinated. So that, as you pointed out as well, a relatively small number were affected by this. And I felt badly about that. But at the same time, I felt it was very important uh, as mayor that, these, that when we were serving the public uh, and when they're serving the public with each other, the public servants are, that we had a pretty firm, you know, sort of policy in place saying you have to be vaccinated. And so that's what we did. And some people had an unfortunate consequence from their own choice, but it was their choice as to what they did. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's the important thing is that nobody was sort of, you know, dragged into a room and forced to have a vaccination. Uh, so uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, nothing has changed in the context of the consequences, but as you pointed, out, it was for a very small number of people. And what I'm happy about is that literally 99% of the people who work for the City of Toronto in the broadest uh, in way, uh, got vaccinated.
0: I don't want to make either a slate here, but what, what defines a fully vaccinated City of Toronto employee right now? Well, How it's many funny, shots?
1: It's, a, it's an interesting question because at the time when the policy was brought in, the answer was two doses. And, you know, if you look at it, well, many more people have had three and four doses. Um, the, the, yeah. the threshold we said at the beginning to get 90% of people in Toronto vaccinated, the whole population, which was a remarkable achievement, not achieved very many other places in the world in big cities, mm-hmm. uh, we achieved that. And that was the standard of the Day. But we've gone on to say on the advice of our medical officer of health that people are much better off, especially those as they get older, to have a third and a fourth uh, yeah. booster. So I would still say the position has to be fully vaccinated in those days was two doses. But today, people should, you know, consider carefully, especially if they're over 50, uh, getting a third and a fourth a booster, uh, you know, and they should talk to their doctor mm-hmm. about that. Because if you've had COVID, there's a slightly different timing that comes into play.
0: And one quick follow from a listener. they. I mean, you must want- be
1: at six by now. You must be
0: at I know, right? Right? Yeah, you've yeah. done well. I've lost the bet, and I'm spending yeah. money uh, in the 416. Right. Will yeah. you, re- a yes or no, would you revisit the idea of a toll on the DVP in Gardner?
1: Well, I would because I believed in it before, and I mean, I'm, I try to be very consistent about things that I sort of believe in, and people can, you know, decide to vote for me or not vote for me on my views. But my views, I think, are pretty consistent, and I think that would be something that would be fair. It would help us to manage traffic, and it would be considerate of um, the environment. And so I would, but I'm just not sure the answer would be
0: any different from Queens Park. John, thanks for all the time. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, making thanks, the time Greg. for our listeners. Okay. Good luck with that lunch. If you want to invite me, I'll come along <laughs> and
1: run, run, run the bill up a bit higher. I, to support I, I, One of those restaurants in the underground downtown.
0: I'm on a $15 per person limit. I I work in radio, John. You used to, so you're well aware. You're well aware. Okay, goodbye. Thanks so much. John Torre joining us on Toronto Today.